This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or maybe it's the middle of the night. And you're like the one person who told me that they listen to my podcast to put themselves to sleep. Not sure what that says about the podcast, but welcome to the Crystal Pain Show. I'm so excited to have you here today. And today we're going to be talking to Emily Freeman. She's an author and the host of one of my favorite podcasts called The Next Right Thing. She and I are not only going to talk about how to make better decisions, but I'm also going to ask her about something she recently talked about on Instagram stories, this thing she does called theme days to help segment and organize her life and work better. I'm super intrigued by the idea and I can't wait for her to share. We'll get to that interview in a bit, but first let's talk about what's saving my life. This is the part of the show where I talk about something that is making my life easier, better, or more enjoyable or more productive. Today, I want to share why I stopped drinking coffee and started drinking tea. Plus, I want to share some of my favorite teas with you. Now, I don't want anyone to get scared and think that I'm going to try to convince you that you should stop drinking coffee and should drink tea instead. I'm just going to talk about my own personal experience. I stopped drinking coffee a few years back because I started working with a nutritionist, and I'm actually going to tell you more about that in the Q&A section of today's show. I discovered in the process that I was very addicted to coffee because getting off of it was really hard and I was miserable for eight days with a terrible headache and I missed it so much. But I also found out that I was highly sensitive to caffeine. I realized that coffee was causing me to not be able to sleep well. It was causing me to feel jittery and it made my anxiety a lot worse. 
So I made the very difficult switch to tea, and I haven't looked back. I'm so glad that I made the switch because not only do I feel so much more rested, I am not feeling as anxious, I feel a lot less jittery, and I'm no longer feeling like I'm constantly running on adrenaline. And now drinking that cup of tea in the morning has become such a favorite part of my morning routine. I actually wrote a post recently on my favorite teas because so many people have been asking me what they were, and I wanted to just talk about a few of them on the show today, and then I will link to that post in the show notes. First off, Tiesta Tea Relaxer Cocoa Mint Chill. This is a loose tea, and it's kind of like a chocolate mint tea, and when you add half and half, it is so yummy. You'll need some kind of loose teapot to be able to brew it, and I got mine from Amazon, and I love it, and this is one of my very favorite teas. I also love decaf vanilla nut cream and chai spice decaf from Stash. It's a little harder to find these in store. You can get them on Amazon, or if there is a tea shop locally or a place that sells a lot of different teas, they'll probably carry Stash. When we went to South Africa, I fell in love with rooibos tea, and it is a decaf tea, but it kind of tastes like it's caffeinated, and it is just a really yummy, soothing tea that I love to have with milk and sometimes maple syrup. And then a tea that is great if you are switching from coffee or trying to switch from coffee is Celestial Seasonings Roast Aroma. It's a really bold tea, and it's great because it looks like coffee. It's really dark. It also kind of has that roasted coffee taste as well. So again, I'll link to my post that has these teas and more in the show notes. And I'm also going to include a link to my favorite decaf chai latte recipe because sometimes you just want something a little bit fancier than a regular tea. I now rarely miss coffee. Every once in a while I do and I still just want to smell it, but I know that I feel so much better not drinking it. And I look forward to waking up to my cup of tea with cream and a little honey. Speaking of waking up in the mornings, if you are not following me on Instagram, you might not know that I do a live morning show every weekday on Instagram Live. It's usually just 8 to 12 minutes long, and I almost always have my cup of tea and my PJs or my workout clothes on and no makeup, so you get to see the real raw version of me. I talk about just anything that I'm thinking about or answering a question from a follower, or just sometimes I'll talk about the books I'm reading or something that is inspiring me. This morning, I talked about a quote from a book on parenting that I'm reading and just encouraged moms in their parenting. I'd love for you to join me live or watch the replay. I'm usually on sometime around 8 a.m. Central Time, although that varies a little depending upon what day of the week it is and whether I'm taking my kids to school or not. You can follow me at The Money Saving Mom to join me for the live show or to watch the replay. For my book pick of the week, I want to talk about Eat Cake, Be Brave by Melissa Radke. I heard of her first from Annie Downs and her Instagram stories. And I was just going through the Libby app recently. I've talked about that on a previous show and talked about how much I love to get free audiobooks there. And I just saw that this book was there and I thought, well, Annie talked about it. So maybe it'd be something that I'd be interested in listening to. So I downloaded it and you guys, I loved it so much. Melissa has gone through so many struggles that I think women especially can really relate to. She's struggled with her weight. She's had infertility struggles. She's gone through marital struggles, infidelity. She lost a child, and she has received so much rejection throughout her life. 
Her bravery is inspirational. And so many times when I was listening, I just wanted to jump up and down and yell, preach it as I was listening because it was so good. And I'm not even a very charismatic sort of person. But her words, I think, will just hit home with you no matter what you're going through, no matter what season of life that you're in. I wanted to share two quotes that especially stuck out to me. In one section, she says, I don't want to miss out on could because I'm too busy doing should. How many times in our life are we so focused on what we should be doing, what we think we're supposed to be doing, and we miss out on the coulds? She also said, no one became greater by taking the easy way. And I've thought about this a lot, especially with my word of the year being excellence. I don't want to just take the easy way. Like I talked about in a previous episode, I don't want to live a mediocre life. I want to focus on excellence so no one has become greater by taking the easier way. I love the book so much that I ended up inviting her to join me in an upcoming episode, so you'll have to stay tuned for that. But again, that was Eat Cake, Be Brave by Melissa Radke, and I'll link to it in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by You Need a Budget. This is the budgeting software that we have personally used for the past two years and absolutely love. I love that we always have access to our budget and how we're doing just with the tap of an app. And I love that our budgets stay synced on all of our devices through You Need a Budget. We can easily pull up our budget at any time, anywhere. The other thing that I found especially helpful since I'm a visual person is that You Need a Budget has things color-coded with red and green. This is probably obvious to you, but when a budget category is green, that means that you still have money in it. When it's red, it means that you're over budget. So this helps that you can have a really good at-a-glance idea of how you're doing budget-wise. And it makes it really easy for my husband, Jesse, and I to go through our budget together to see if we're on track and sticking with our budget or if we need to make some adjustments. If you could use some help getting your budget in better order, or you would just like to try out You Need a Budget, they are offering a special freebie for my listeners right now. They usually offer only a free 30-day trial, but they are giving you all a free 60-day trial so you can really get a feel for it and see how well it works. To sign up for your free 60-day trial, go to YNAB, that stands for You Need a Budget, so YNAB.com forward slash crystal. That's YNAB.com forward slash crystal. Just head over there and you can get signed up and try it out for 60 days. And I have a feeling that you're going to love it just as much as we have. So a big thank you to YNAP for sponsoring today's podcast. Today's interview is with Emily Freeman, a woman who has deeply impacted and inspired me through her writings and her podcast. And I just have to say, if you haven't checked out her podcast called The Next Right Thing, you must do so. It is truly fantastic, and it's one of my top favorite podcasts and the podcast that I always tell people to go listen to anytime they say, what are your favorite podcasts? Go listen to The Next Right Thing. So I'm really excited to get to have a conversation with Emily today. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks, Crystal. Thanks for having me so much. I love your intro. I'm going to carry you around in my pocket. You can do that because I, I hear from people all the time that they're like, thank you so much for turning me on to Emily's podcast. I love it so much. So I'm just grateful for the work that you're doing. And speaking of your podcast, The Next Right Thing, it was originally a book idea. Isn't that correct? Girl, it was a book idea. And then I 
I've written four books before this one. And I thought that it was, I was tried to outline it. I tried to work on it. I was like, yeah, it's going to be my next book. I was struggling with a decision. And so I started outlining this book. I tried to wrestle that thing to the ground and it was not working. And it was only when I sort of let go of it a little bit, let the idea breathe, because I knew it was a good idea of what happens inside of us when we have a hard decision to make, because I was sort of going through that in my own life, I was going through a difficult decision. And I recognized not only the stuff that was helping me make a decision on the outside, but I also recognized, wow, this is changing me on the inside. It's changing how I listen. It's changing how I relate with people. It's changing how I take notes on my own life. It's like, there's a book in here but it was not coming out as a book. Instead of coming out like a narrative arc, it was coming out more like, I mean, for lack of a better word, like episodes. Mm. And I thought, if only there was a medium that provided a way to talk about things episodically. (laughs) I was like, oh, wait, we already have that. It's called podcasting. So how long of a process was this when you were thinking it was going to be a book and then you went through all of that and then decided for it to be a podcast? That's a great question. It was probably maybe about six months to maybe almost a year of thinking, this is my next thing I'm going to work on. And for most of that time, I thought it was going to be a book. But it was only when I sort of got, I think that's when I got an Audible account. I started listening to books on tape or audiobooks. I guess they don't call it books on tape anymore. <laughs> you can <laughs> still call it that. You know, know. it just dates you, know you a I little mean. bit. But <laughs> <laughs> books on tape. Lord have mercy. But I started loving that format and then started listening to more podcasts, but it never really got off the ground at first. When I was forcing my idea into a certain medium, it wasn't that it was a bad idea. And I think sometimes we give up too soon because we think, oh, this Mm. isn't coming out. I guess I don't have a book after all. No, it's just the wrong wrapping. Maybe the, the gift is still a really good gift, but you might need to wait to figure out what the best wrapping for that gift is going to be. And so then when do you know, like, when did you know for sure, okay, this isn't supposed to be a book, this is supposed to be a podcast? Honestly, I don't know if I ever knew for sure until I started doing the podcast. But it's just one of those things where I think Seth Godin talks about art. The thing about art is it, it might not work. And if you're not afraid that it might not work, then maybe you're not ready to try it yet. And so I just was sort of in that space where I thought, you know, this might not work. This might not be the right format for it. But I think there is a certain type of creative intuition that we all sort of develop that we sort of feel like this is going to hurt me more not to do it than it's going to feel like a risk to do it. Mm. And it was once you get to that tipping point, I think that's when you just kind of have to take the next step and think, okay, this is worth trying and I've got to see what happens. And now it actually has become a book, right? listen. I never thought, I mean, yeah, it's become a book now. And when I started the podcast, I truly thought, oh, this idea is a podcast. It's not a book. It's never going to be a book. It really was not a part of my master plan. I just thought, you know, I probably got 10 episodes in me. I'll do those 10 episodes and we'll see what happens. And now we're a year and a half into the podcast and we've got a book coming out. And yeah, I never thought that was going to happen. But what, what I realized was, A lot of people, no matter how big podcasting gets, there's a lot of people that still will rather have a book in their hands or they'll never listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what a great way to have this message of decision making, this conversation to, I want to get it out there in any kind of way I can. And if that means putting some of it in a book and shaping it so that now it does have a narrative arc, then it was totally worth it to me. And I'm really excited about that. 
I think that that's so encouraging for women who are struggling with decision making and, you know, just to see your process there that you went through. And sometimes we think something is going to be one thing. And then, like you said, it has it's supposed to be that thing, but with different wrapping and to not give up too soon. And I'd love for you to talk to the women who are listening right now who have big decisions that they're considering. What are some of the most helpful strategies you would recommend to someone who they need to figure out what that next right thing is? And they're struggling with what you refer to on your podcast as decision fatigue. You know, I have thought a lot about this. And I will say just as far as that, when you have an idea, and then it doesn't maybe go the way you think, I think like what you said and what we talked about before is that we give up too soon and we don't trust ourselves. I think so many times our best ideas come long before it's time for them to be born. But a lot of times we give up too early. So I would say, don't be afraid to wait it out and don't be afraid to really fall in love with your idea, even if you don't know what's going to happen on the other side. Like for example, with the podcast idea, I didn't know how to do a podcast. I didn't know stuff about audio and all that stuff. But if I would have let that tech part, because a lot of our great ideas have some elements to it that we're not really good at. But I think trusting that once I fall in love with the idea, that love is going to carry me through to find people who can help me with the practicalities. And those things will come. So there is an element of trust of waiting, of giving ourselves some elbow room when it comes to these ideas that we have. And I do think there's also a piece of um, learning to, I think the first step that we should all focus on whenever we have a decision to make is to give ourselves permission to not make it quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are some decisions in life that you just don't have a lot of time to think, but rarely are those the ones that give us the most trouble. I think a lot of times the decisions that give us the most trouble are where we're having to decide between two great things. And so what can really help is to just give yourself some space, allow yourself to do one thing at a time, and to also be able to get in touch with, and this one's difficult, especially I've discovered for women sometimes, to really name what it is you want. There's great power in naming both what we want and long for, and then naming what we're afraid of. That can sometimes be all the information we need in order to take our next right step. Mm, that's so good. I was just thinking last night, I was helping my daughter, she's 14, and she was supposed to write an analysis of The Road Less Traveled by Robert Frost. And it was all about <laughs> decision-making. That's what she decided to do her paper on. And yeah. we were talking about how in that poem, how there are two roads. And in so many instances in our life, there are two roads. And one is not necessarily better than the other, but we have to choose. We can't take both roads. And we were talking about how we want to just, you know, look as far as we can look to see, okay, how is this going to play out? And sometimes we just, we don't know. And you just have to do that, what you feel like is the next right thing. And yet there are consequences. We were talking about how choices have consequences and they can be good consequences or bad consequences. But I just love what you're saying here, how naming what it is that you want instead of jumping into it and just rushing into a decision because you feel like I just need to make a decision. And I think that's my personality. So I'm yes, Enneagram I think, eight. <laughs> well, and a lot of us, we just, we aren't able to rest until the decision is made. And we would rather deal with the consequence of the decision than deal with the heavy burden of having an unmade decision. Mm. And 
sometimes those of you who can make quick decisions, you are a gift to the rest of us because we (laughs) really struggle. A lot of us struggle with chronic hesitation. We just have a chronic case of waiting, procrastinating, putting it off, looking at all the options. And while there's a gift in that too, sometimes that can keep us from moving forward. And so I think there is a real gift in thinking of that phrase, just do the next right thing. And the magic in that phrase is the word next. Mm. We often think about, well, just do the right thing, do the right thing. And sometimes it's like, well, that's if I knew what the right thing was, then I would be doing it. But that's why I'm having trouble. Right. But that magic word, just do the next right thing. Sometimes, y'all, that is simply refilling your coffee cup. Okay, now what's the next right thing? And I ask myself that question 100 times a day. And And then when I look back at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, my day was so much less scattered because I gave myself permission to do just one thing at a time. I love that. And I think for so many women who are feeling overwhelmed with life, maybe they are in a season where it's just kind of the weight of responsibility is crushing or they're just tired. That simplifies it so much to just focus on what is that next tiny little step that I need to take and I'm not gonna worry about anything else right now. It applies if you're running a multi-million dollar business or if you're taking care of toddlers at home. We all have to ask ourselves that next right thing question because the truth is most of the time our next right thing is not solve the world's problems. It's not world peace. It's not these big giant things, but the big giant things do happen one step at a time. And I think sometimes we can get really overwhelmed with the big picture. And while it can be hopeful and encouraging to look at the big picture, for a lot of us, that can feel real overwhelming really fast. So really keeping it in the daily, in the now, allowing myself to be present and to just make one decision at a time can really make a big difference. So I want to switch gears here because this does go along with, you know, kind of doing the next right thing, but you have a lot of irons in the fire right now. And one (laughs) thing I love is that you talked about on Instagram stories recently, how you have theme days for your different areas of your work and life. I would love for you to talk to us about this, how this works for you and give us some advice for someone who wants to apply this to their own life, even if they're not doing any of the things that you're doing right now. Well, even if, I mean, I know all of our lives look really different, but I would guess that a lot of us have different areas of our life that are requiring a lot from us, but they don't all fit under the same umbrella. And so it's one thing if, you know, I have one job and I'm, and I do the same thing every day, that's one type of work and one type of focus for me right now. That's not what my life looks like. I run a membership site. I'm in grad school. I host a podcast and I have, and I'm working on this book. And so those for me personally, some of them are more launching brain. Some are steady brain. Some you know, I have to stay quiet and focused in a room by myself. Other things require me to be sort of more out there on social media and more in front of a camera. And so I start feeling like a straight up crazy person when I was trying to work a little bit on all of that every day. So what I have discovered and kind of implemented out of necessity was establishing these theme days. And what that looks like for me, and I think anybody can do this, um, is just each day of the week has a job assigned to it. So for me personally, Mondays are my podcast days. So that means on Mondays, I'm not doing my homework for school. I'm not recording a bunch of videos for different things. I don't make appointments on Mondays. I just edit and record my podcast on Mondays. And while in some ways that can get, because it's a weekly thing, you know, and some days it might feel tricky because you're like, oh, but this came up. 
But because this is my job and I'm really trying to take it seriously and just do my next right thing, knowing that Mondays are for this particular work has been really helpful. And then Tuesdays is membership site, Wednesdays is school. So I have sort of a day designed for each part of my work. The key here though, and I think this is where people get tripped up, the theme days are not about completion. The theme days are about focus. So it doesn't mean that if Thursday was my blog writing day, Maybe I don't finish the blog post, but anything having to do with the blog is going to happen on that day. It could mean there could be a social aspect to it. There could be an editorial calendar, although side note, I don't use an editorial calendar, but some people do. And that could be a day when you work on it. But I know people can get discouraged because they're like, well, Thursday was my blogging day and I didn't even finish. Well, but you, you got more done on Thursday for your blogging day because you had a focus and you had some parameters than you would have if you had had to try to fit in everything on that day. So I think that's a real key part of it. It's not about completion. It's about focus. I love that. And I think that we can apply that no matter what we are doing in our life. And I think for me, that is something that I've been trying to do more and more where I kind of have this one focus of each day. And even though I do a lot of little things in other areas to kind of be like, I focused, I spent time in this one area and I made some progress and it just, it's really fulfilling. It's so fulfilling and it doesn't have to be the whole day. It's not like you have to work 10 hours that day on that thing, but just knowing on Tuesday, I know I don't have to worry today about the blog writing because that's coming, that's coming on Thursday. And even if Thursday, you only have a few hours, that's okay. It's about getting your mind focused in on one job. So you're not wasting energy switching between tasks. So good. Thank you for sharing. Let's just change gears a little bit more here. And I want to ask you the questions that I ask all my guests. And so first off, what are you reading right now? Well, Crystal, it's kind of, it's not boring, but it's, I I think I would prefer to be reading a bunch of fun fiction. (laughs) But what I'm reading is I'm reading books for school. So one book that I've really been enjoying lately is called, it's a little tiny book called Surprise the World. It's all about living missionally. And so Mm. it's, sort of like living missionally in our daily lives and what that looks like. And it's a book for class, but it's a really great book. um, And I have enjoyed it. I I will say over Christmas, I started reading Kate Morton's new book, new fiction book called The Clockmaker's Daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm only a little bit of the way through it, but I've always, I've loved all of her books. I was so excited she had a new one coming out. Well, hopefully you will get more time to finish that book sometime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on your theme day or something. I know, right? Today's for fiction. (laughs) And then finally, what is saving your life right now? This could be a productivity tip or a life hack, an app, anything that is making your life better, easier, or more enjoyable. What a great question. Well, we just talked about one thing, and that is those theme days, totally and completely saving my life. And that next right thing mindset, I think that fits right in with the theme days. And it's funny because it's like, yes, I have a podcast about it. Yes, I wrote a book about it. But honestly and truly, doing the next right thing is totally saving my life right now. Mm, That's so good. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom. And I just want to say personally, thank you for the time and the effort that you invest to write books and post and share online and produce podcasts because you're truly making a difference in the world. And so just keep doing your next right thing because it's really changing lives. Oh, thank you, Crystal. For today's Q&A segment, I'm going to answer a question that was submitted via Instagram and there is not a name with it. But this listener asked me, how did you overcome your allergies? Did you do anything besides the sinus rinse? 
As you may recall from episode 15, I talked about how much I loved my Neomed sinus rinse bottle and how I religiously use it every night before bed. I used to actually be taking over-the-counter allergy meds every day, plus using steroid spray in my nose to help with my allergies because I had indoor and outdoor allergies, and they were pretty severe and would often turn into asthma. Even taking the -the over-the-counter allergy meds every day, plus using the steroid spray, didn't really completely remove my allergies. So as I talked about early on the show, I ended up hiring a nutritionist a few years ago. And I remember one of the first things that he said is, Crystal, I want you to stop taking all your medications. And I was all, what? No, you don't understand. I need my medications so that I can live. I'm going to be miserable if I don't take my medications. But he said, no, I want you to do it. And so I did. I started with a cleanse and it was rough. And I had to go off coffee at the same time. And it was 14 days of just utter misery. And I wrote emails to my nutritionist because we were doing it online. And I remember saying to him, this is awful. I hate this. I am not sticking with this. I don't know why you thought that this was a good idea. And he actually kept those emails and sent them back to me a number of months later when I was saying, this is amazing. I feel so good. But anyway, we did this cleanse and then I changed my diet after that cleanse and removed all processed foods and ate really weird for about six months and then ate extremely healthfully for the next year. I also, as a part of the process, got more sleep, drank a gallon of lemon water every day, and like I said, stopped drinking coffee. It was amazing to me. For the first few months, I didn't see huge changes. I noticed that I was feeling more rested. I noticed that I was surviving without my allergy medications, but I still was having some allergies and it scared me when I would be around pets because I'm especially allergic to pets and I would start to get some of those allergy symptoms again. But as time wore on, they got less and less. And although we're not going to be getting any pets anytime soon, I can actually be around dogs and even around cats without having terrible full-blown asthma attacks. So I am really grateful for these changes, and believe it or not, I don't actually eat as healthfully anymore. I still eat a pretty healthful diet, but I eat pretty normally and just try to have plenty of good protein and two salads a day, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains, but I still eat the occasional brownie and chocolate chip cookie, and I somehow haven't ever had to take allergy medications again. I know it's kind of crazy, but it's true, and I'm so very grateful. So other than the sinus rinse, that is all I do. As always, if you have a question on any topic you'd love for me to answer on a future episode, just email it to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week, and remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.